This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only nationally syndicated golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by Acura, precision crafted performance. Acura, celebrating 30 years in Canada. Visit acura.ca for the 2018 lineup and dealership incentives. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino and Bob Weeks. Welcome to Golf Talk Canada. A beautiful May day after a windy Friday <laughs> evening in the GTA area. Would hope uh, wherever you are listening from across this country that the sun is shining and you're ready to play a little golf. It seems like we've kind of managed to get through some winter. Uh, and the courses are open. Yes. Bob Weeks in studio here along with producer Adam Scully. Uh, Mark Sacchino is down at Quail Hollow. We'll hear from him shortly for a little bit and get caught up with uh, what his adventures have been with uh, Sirius XM Radio mm-hmm. and... Good morning to you. It is a great morning to walk into the studio with shorts on. <laughs> there you go. It is, uh, it, you know, it's it's a breath of fresh air to finally have uh, spring or summer here, at least spring here, and hopefully wherever you're listening is also nice and warm and you're getting ready to play around a golf while listening to us. It uh, was a good day to be playing the holes downwind yesterday. Yeah, it'd be a great day for downwind. Into the Crazy. wind, it'd be a bit of a uh, bit of a stretch. Crazy! It was a, like a 10, 10 club wind. I yeah, think. yeah. You, you know, you'd, you'd, hit, you'd hit nine iron, three hundred in one hole, and then about eighty on the next hole. So. Crazy windy. There are still some. Uh, if you're listening in the GTA, there are still lots of lights out. In fact, uh-huh. I drove up uh, Islington Avenue right by. Um, St. George's Golf Club, mm-hmm. all the lights are out there. Yeah. And I will say one thing, I don't know, is it like, do people forget driving 101? Like when you get to a light that's out, what are you supposed to do? It's a four-way, there you go. Four-way yeah. stop. Well, I saw some poor guy almost get smoked today. Oh. A couple of people, quite a few people actually, going through the lights just going uh, hell-bent for whatever. Maybe they were racing to their tea time. I, I'm also glad I said the right answer there. Yeah, that's right. Busy show today. Of course, we're going to check in at Quail Hollow, as I mentioned, with uh, Mark Sacchino. Get caught up there. We got three Canadians who made the cut. We got a jam-packed leaderboard. Do we ever. And it's uh, it's packed in there, man. It's crazy. We got some uh, interesting stuff going on on the Euro Tour. We're going to talk... To Austin Connolly, who is a young Canadian guy, obviously, playing over there and in Europe. And we'll hear some interesting comments from him, I thought. Uh, mm. We taped the interview yesterday morning, and uh, he was a little disappointed that there are no other Canadians on the Euro Tour because mm. he wanted to play in the Golf Sixes. But you uh. need two guys from different countries to, or two guys from the same country, excuse me, to play that. We will have uh, Winners Weird and What. We'll check in with uh, some of the leaders and leaderboards around mm-hmm. the... Uh, the world of golf. There's some interesting happenings on the LPGA Tour. Some very interesting happenings there. <laughs> there. We'll get into. Yeah. yeah, it's a little bit nutty, but uh-huh. why don't we start off with some news and headlines? Let's do it. News and headlines is brought to you by Porter Airlines. Now flying direct to 16 Canadian destinations and seven U.S. destinations direct, including Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Visit flyporter.com. Porter Airlines flying refined. So the LPGA Tour is battling some weather. We had some bad wind up here. They have got some crazy storms down in Texas and uh, in the Dallas area. Mm-hmm. And the rain is, and the winds have suspended everything. They finally got things going at 3.30 yesterday and um, didn't play very much. No. <laughs> First round was suspended at 8.15. There were people who had tee times at, like, it was interesting looking at the, it, they adjusted the tee times for uh, Eastern time there in Central time. And I think uh, I think uh, one of the Canadians, it may be AC Tange, had a tee time of ten fifteen p.m. Oh, there you go. Last yeah. night, so I don't might think need a glow in the dark golf ball. Maybe <laughs> that's right. So they've reduced, <laughs> already reduced it to thirty six holes. Yeah. Uh, first round was suspended last night at eight fifteen. They were predicting some heavy fog on Saturday morning, so they were hoping to get 
through the first round and then round have round two start at around 3.30 on Saturday. But if round two is not completed by dark on Sunday, the, the tournament will cont- uh, extend into Monday. That's crazy. The, the, I remember uh, one of Brooks' wins last year in New Zealand. Just remember how crazy those wins were and like the scoreboards were falling over. And it seems like the LPJ Tour just doesn't get the best of luck with some weather some weeks. I mean, it, it was dangerous. That, that, that was, uh, yeah. That one there, a lot yeah. of the players were complaining that uh, it wasn't. This is the, uh, the VOA uh, Volunteers of America LPGA mm-hmm. Texas Classic. And uh, unfortunately, it's not uh, not going so well. No. The volunteers are, are standing around most times. Uh, some interesting comments from Rory McIlroy this week. Really interesting. He said that the Masters is the most important major. Now, it could be the fact that he hasn't won that one. Yes. He hasn't won the other three. But it was it was an interesting comment to hear from a guy like that. Like, I might agree with him, mm-hmm. but nobody really cares what... Well, <laughs> I, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> but, but, I mean, for, for a player to come out, that's that's an interesting comment. Yeah, and, and Rory's one who um, he never really speaks in cliches. He sort of, he speaks his mind. He, he thinks about, he's asked a question, he thinks about his answer, and then he gives his answer instead of either spewing out some cliche that, you know, sort of, you know, pucks in deep for that, you know, to, to relate that to hockey in that sense. Um but uh, it's interesting because obviously he, he's putting the most pressure on himself to win the Masters. And, and he even said after that, uh, that his wife had to drag him out of the house because he was just binge-watching Netflix and having a couple bottles of wine. It was almost like he was basically heartbroken that he didn't win the Masters. So I'm not sure these comments are going to help him going forward because this is going to put even more and more pressure on him to win the Masters. And even when we have our shows next year previewing the Masters, I'm sure we'll go back to this comment and think, well, if Rory's thinking this way, how is he going to perform? I think it's interesting um, the way he described it. He kind of walked things back a little bit right. uh, yesterday after after the first day when he said it. But, you know, I, I don't disagree with him because I think and some of the things he, he pointed out were that it's the first major of the mm-hmm. year. You've had a long layoff of yep. majors. It's the uh, course that you, they play the same every year. So there are some things there where I think his, his opinions are probably justified. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, though, I care deeply about the other ones. I'm a proud winner of both these, both the U.S. Open and the British Open, I wasn't trying to be disrespectful at all. I was just trying to say that from where those tournaments were in stature in this game to where they are now, the Masters is, I feel, the Masters has replaced those two tournaments. And that's not to take anything away from Mm -hmm. the PGA either. I just think this one stands alone in terms of the four majors, and that's all I was trying to say. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with what he said. Absolutely. And, I mean, to go to, you know, television ratings, for example, the Masters is the most important tournament uh, of the year. But back to what what Rory said, and we've seen him in the past um, say some other comments that uh, they're not off-color, but maybe were taken the wrong way. Like, for example, the Olympics, when he said, I'm I'm only going to watch the the sports that really matter. matter. It's sort of, okay, Rory. But do you think that's good for the game, in a sense, to have guys speak their mind and, and, and not... You know, talk for twenty minutes, but say nothing, if you will. Like, don't really give any tidbits or information. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's great. I yeah. mean, listen, own your comments. If that's the way you really yeah. feel, come out. We, as you say, we. I've sat in too many press conferences where guys have just kind of talked a lot and said nothing. Yeah. And I think it's fair mm-hmm. to to have these guys. And if that's the way he feels, mm-hmm. that's great. He should own that comment Absolutely. and and not feel that he has to walk it back. He does have to. I think he he's also smart that he does sort of justify it afterwards with the Olympic comments. He he came back and said, yeah, you know what. It was actually really good. Mm-hmm. So I think um, I, I'm all for guys having more guys like Rory McIlroy. Absolutely, and and he celebrated a birthday yesterday. As That's well. right, 29. 29, right? And, and he had some gray hairs at the Augusta, at Augusta too. He uh, I noticed that he yeah. might have to get a little just for men. Oh, <laughs> sponsorship plug right maybe, there. Maybe I can <laughs> maybe I can bring him some. There you go. <laughs>
Justin Thomas, another guy who likes to speak his mind. He has a chance to become number one this week if he finishes solo, 12th or better. He Mm -hmm. will uh, dethrone uh, Dustin Johnson, who's been there, I think, since February of 2017. That sounds right, yeah. So, uh, JT, do you think he is deserving of being number one right now? Well, I, I mean, at the certainly at the end of last year, especially after he won in Korea, uh, at, at the end of the calendar year, I should say, of 2017, he was certainly the best player on the planet. Uh, even heading into, actually, to think back, probably, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, come to think of it now, you know, he wins the Honda Classic. Um, he, he gets, he loses in a playoff the next week to, to Phil at the WGC, WGC Mexico. He was playing with Jordan Spieth on Sunday at the Masters. Didn't quite have the final day he was looking for. All around, he's probably the best player in the world right now. It'd be nice to see, uh, just for the game, just someone new up there, up, to, up top. I mean, obviously, DJ's is who he is and is one is the best player in the world right now. That could, again, change next week because 50 of the top 50 players in the world are playing at the Players' <laughs> Championship. So, so it, it'd be good for the golf to see someone new up there, uh, just maybe for a week or two. It's interesting to, it's interesting to sort of when the, when the ratings reflect what's actually happening as opposed to over the two-year rolling cycle, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's a lot of times people will say, well, Justin Thomas has been playing a lot better than Dustin Johnson, so he should already be number one, or John Rahm, or whoever you want to say. Um, the way the system works, though, it doesn't always yeah. necessarily mean that. It feels to me, though, that Dustin Johnson has kind of been like MIA this year. A little yeah, bit, right? yeah, yeah, a little bit. I and mean, I know he's played well, and he's he's had some good finishes, but... Yeah, he sort of he's quietly sort of gone about his business and 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 done his, done his thing, and he's you know not the most outgoing guy, at least in the public eye, uh, you know, to the media and that sort of thing. It, I think it's also a good thing if JT gets to number one, um, just for you know the the everyday you know Saturday golfer out there who's who's looking at a guy who's what, five foot eight on stilts, like oh, he man. he is, and one hundred and forty five pounds if he's in a hot tub, like yeah, and and he hits the ball as far as he does. So I think it it would just be good for the game. Well, we'll uh, we'll find out. He is currently uh, 28th, and uh, two more rounds to go. He might do it. He might do it next week. We'll see. One more thing. Sorry on JT. Sure. Uh, he had a chance to win uh, to get to number one at the at, at the match play, and he he spoke about how much it was on his mind the night before. Um, you wonder how that's going to be again uh, coming into this weekend because at the mat- at the match play he just had to win his semifinal match to get to number one. Right. This is just getting to 12th. So do you think he'll be gr- you know be grinding to get to 12th place? It's going to be interesting to see if see if he uh, what happens at the to not an easy golf course. We're yeah. going to talk to Mark Z, Mark Zucchino, uh, in, the, in the next segment. It's mm-hmm. uh, firm greens, tough to get it to close. But man, that leaderboard is just jammed yeah. up there. There's a ton of guys oh, yeah. all around it. Uh, and just quickly before we go to break, Lori Kane uh, is now going to be known as Doctor Lori Kane. She is receiving an honorary doctorate from her uh, alma mater, Acadia University. That's a very nice honor for a lady for who has uh, received quite a few order of yeah. uh, Order of Canada, Canadian Golf Hall of Fame. So she's. Uh, Stacking them up there, but now we're going to have to call her Doctor Doctor Kane. I, I like I like the uh, I like the ring of that. And you were also Bob at an event this week, the Ontario Golf Hall of Fame at the uh, the ceremony there. That was my last little bit. Yes, the Ontario Golf Hall of Fame inducted three new members uh, f- and and added one to the Lauren Rubenstein Award, which is for, for media. Wayne Redshaw, mm. who's kind of a, been a legend down in the Niagara area. Mm. He uh, he's actually been a Sabers covered the Sabers I think since like 1970. Oof. or something like that. Wow. Crazy. He was talking about how many years he'd been doing that. Uh, and he also got in, after he retired from the newspaper business, he got into the golf. Uh, he had a little golf publication mm-hmm. down there that came out weekly, which is a big task down <laughs> in, for anybody who's doing it on his own. So congratulations to him. And then also uh, Dave Bunker, Dave Bunker, great, uh, great amateur player, mid-am, mid-masters. Man, that guy is, he gave a great speech. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, Terrell Samuel from my own Western Golf and Country Club, she was unable to make it, but uh, she had uh, a letter that we read out. And then the great Warren Crosby from Crosby Country Club. There yes. you go. A legend, a legend. And uh, interesting, he had a great speech where there was a, you know, a lot of guys who have worked for him because he's been a pro for 150 years or whatever. At, but at the least, yeah. A lot of guys who have worked for him have gone on to become head professionals. Yep. And he said of all the people who worked for them, there's only two that have kind of... Um, not gone well, and, and he didn't really get into those two, but that might be a good story if you ever track Warren down. But I, I can definitely do that. All, all well-deserved and a very nice evening mm, that we had fantastic. there. So, That's great. All right, when we come back, we are going to chat uh, with Mark Sacchino and get caught up with what's going on at the Wells Fargo Championship. This segment of GTC was brought to you by Acura. Precision crafted performance. Acura, celebrating 30 years in Canada. Visit Acura.ca for the 2018 lineup and dealership incentives. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade and TwistFace Technology. Experience straight distance from TwistFace, only in the new 2018 M3 and M4 drivers. Visit TaylorMade.ca for more information or to book your custom fitting today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, Bob Weeks and Adam Scully in studio. And now we go down to Quail Hollow. We're keeping it quiet because he's just woken up. <laughs> he set his alarm early to come on with us this morning. Here is Mark Zacchino. How you doing, Mark? <laughs> Good morning, guys. How are you? <laughs> We're doing well. And uh, I know you have a busy schedule down there, so thanks for taking some time out to join us and, uh, and come on. And uh, so, so give us your impressions. What's going on down there? Well, I got to I got to tell you guys, my first time at Quail Hollow, Bob. I know you were here last year for the PGA, and maybe previously you were here before the redesign for the PGA. But this is one gorgeous property. It is just a spectacular golf course. One of the favorites I've seen, um, you know, on on the, I guess the the regular tour, so to speak. A course that they would drop by every year. This place is spectacular, and it's tough. Uh, this leaderboard is, is, is jammed up. It is hard to get away on this golf course. I think a lot of it has to do with this finish, this green mile. Uh, you put some positive yardage on the board, and then you'll hold on for dear life. And uh, it, it's fun. It's a championship golf course, and I, I can really understand why the PGA chose to come here last year to hold a major. It's an absolute no-brainer. It's an interesting question of whether or not they should hold major championships on courses that also host regular PGA Tour events. There's not many where it happens. Obviously, Pebble Beach, Torrey Pines, uh, Quail Hollow. I'm not, I'm not sure if I can think of any others. But, um, you know, one of the interesting parts about it is that obviously the setup is very different. So guys were comparing what they saw last year in August for the PGA to what they're finding this year. And you kind of have to make that mental jog to sort of say, okay, I've got to change things. I know uh, Tiger was making some comments on it uh, about the last time that he played there, which was quite a while before. But some of the other guys, too, were making comments about the difference in it. And it certainly is something that, that you have to adjust to, isn't it? Yeah, and i, I got to think, you know, certainly the PGA Championship would, would set it up a little differently. I know uh, they used a few tee decks that aren't being used this week that, that might stretch out the golf course a little bit. And, uh, you know, so from the length standpoint, but PGA Championship is, you know, annually the most fair setup, I think, of the majors, at least the most player-friendly, typically, of the majors. So I'm not so sure. I'm not buying into the fact that it's 
you know, a tournament committee setup thing as much as it is seasonal, guys. Like, this is uh, early May versus August. And what we've got here is overseeding and some rushness to this golf course that you're not going to see in August for a PGA where things got a little brown and a little bouncy. And I think that's the big difference in terms of quote-unquote setup is more Mother Nature than anything else. Um, the, you know, this is still spring. Uh, they've had an iffy spring here. It's been cool at times, lots of rain at times. The weather has just started to turn very similar to back at home, really. And uh, they're not getting that bounce that their that their eye got, that their memory, their their mind's eye remembers from last August. As far as Tiger's concerned, uh, these greens are fast. Uh, you know, they may not be Augusta fast. They may not be Quail Hollow August last year fast. But I think Tiger's just struggling with his feel, and and uh, is just struggling with what to do with the putter right now. I, I don't, you know, would not call these greens slow by any. Uh, by any standard at all. And in fact, I've seen you get above the whole down, downhill down grain here, you you got to blow on it because that thing is going by if it doesn't hit the hole. Um, but yeah, I think, again, it's more, more of that brownness and that bounce that they're not getting that they got in August. Yeah, Mark, you mentioned uh, Tiger there. Uh, I'm just curious, um, from week to week, you obviously you're on the grounds a lot, but obviously this is a week that Tiger is in the field. How much of a different vibe is there uh, you know, in, with the fans and just on the golf course in general with, uh, with one of the greatest in the world in, in the field? There is a sea of people, guys. It is crazy. Like, the Tiger effect is real, and I can't believe it still has the momentum that it has considering you know how long it's been since Tiger is – you know, won a PGA Tour event. Now this year's been great. This comeback's been awesome, and he's he's been in the mix a couple of times, and he's you know, he's relevant again. He's competing on the PGA Tour, which you know I wasn't so sure that we'd ever see again. So, uh, but, but the the people, the, just the walk up ticket sales, the buzz on the ground. Uh, I was dealing with it yesterday because Tiger was in the morning, and in the afternoon. Uh, I was with Jason Day, Phil Mickelson, and the group ahead of me was Rory McIlroy. So all those spectators uh, that in the morning were walking with Tiger had then shifted to the next star power on the golf course, which were those previous uh, names mentioned. And it was like, you know, it was like being almost the feel of like being at a major championship, like a U.S. Open, which I know you've both been to. So you know how that feels walking up and it feels like you're negotiating 30,000 people to get, you know, from the seventh green to the eighth tee. Um, and, and everybody on the golf course yesterday, when that putt dropped on the last, they just, they just want Tiger to make the weekend, just get to the weekend because they know that this tournament for, from just a, a gate revenue, charitable donations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is going to be so much bigger if Tiger can play four rounds of golf. So uh, you heard a real pop. When that putt fell, the, the place jumped yesterday. Yeah, Tiger's struggling with that putter. 64 putts through the first two rounds. That's the, uh, that is uh, the most at any non-major championship since 2006 at Bay Hill. Tied for 10th in greens and regulation, and he is 85th in strokes gained putting. So nice. you can see where all the damage is being done. Uh, looking at that top of the leaderboard, Peter Malnati and Aaron Wise, a couple of uh, young guns up on the top. Do you, do you think they're going to hang around a little bit for the rest of the weekend? Uh, it's going it's to be, it's gonna be tough. To, to, if they avoid huge numbers, if they avoid double bogeys, I, I think they can hang around and still be a part of this because I just don't see anybody 
going out there and, and posting 65 or, or better. So I don't think you can run away and hide out here, guys. Um, but this is a lot of golf course. And there are some good names uh, chasing these guys. I'd be shocked if either one of them had the lead after today. Now, again, that doesn't mean they're going to implode and, and, and not have a shot on Sunday, but I'd be surprised if they were in that final group and, and had a piece of that lead come tomorrow. I'll be with uh, Jason Day, who I've been with all week, and Paul Casey today, so I'll be in that penultimate group with the uh, 600-day and 500 Casey. But then even after that, you Schwartzel, uh, Johnson Wagner, who's a member at Quail Hollow and knows this place inside out, uh, Charles Hell the Third's in there. There's just some. Uh, it's just a log jam, really. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau had the low round of the day yesterday at two under par. So, um, you know, Ricky Fowler fought back yesterday. I think this golf course is so tough and it's so hard to move that you can almost go down to even par and, 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 and still think you're in this. Obviously, there's monster names at two over with McElroy, Woods, Mickelson. I just think they would need to do something. Uh, incredibly special. We got Hadwin and Hughes there as well, but I, I don't know if that rounds out on the golf course, guys. And if someone finds it, if someone does find that round, which I don't think is out there, you could leapfrog 40, 50 guys with finding that round because uh, it's just so tough to get momentum at Coil Hollow. Doesn't look like it's getting any easier here. There's about a dozen guys on the golf course already, not one player under par. Uh, so far, so far <laughs> this morning. Uh, Mark, we're going to check back in with you after the break. Just hang on there. We want to talk a little bit more, maybe get a little update on some of the Canadians and how they're doing. Uh, we'll talk to, Mar- to uh, Mark Sakino down at Quail Hollow when we come back on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by TaylorMade and TwistFace Technology. Experience straight distance from TwistFace, only in the new 2018 M3 and M4 drivers. Visit tailormade.ca for more information or to book your custom fitting today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by JPSM Golf, Canada's leading distributor of electric walking golf trolleys, including Kart Tech, Moto Caddy, and Stewart Golf Dream Machines. Visit jpsmgolf.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Bob Weeks in studio alongside producer Adam Scully and down at beautiful Quail Hollow is Mark Zacchino, who is doing some uh, some lovely work with XM Sirius XM Radio. I had a chance to drive around yesterday and listen to you uh, babble on there, Mark. <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> it was a good day. It was a good day. You didn't uh, you didn't stumble once, from what I heard. <laughs> You might have a career yeah, in this, you know. I, I, <laughs> I, uh, it was it was a fun day because you know it is a it's a tough job. It's funny. It's one of those things where if you're if you're not engaged in the broadcast, like if you have a group that isn't doing anything, and you're kind of silent for most of the day, and then all of a sudden you need to get engaged, it's a difficult job because you can kind of get lulled to sleep out there. Uh, it's one of those things where if you're talking a lot and you're kind of into it and you're into the round, very much like golf, if you're into the round, it gets easier. And I had really the only group on the golf course that was doing anything yesterday afternoon, which was Jason Day, Phil Mickelson, and, and Daniel Berger. And, you know, we had Eagles, we had Birdies, we had Jason chasing the lead, we had Phil trying to make it to the weekend, so there was stuff going on. And I think, you know, the job gets way easier when, when, uh, when there's a story to tell, so to speak. Instead of just calling golf shots, there's a bit of uh, texture to it, and uh, it was a good day. 
Now, Mark, obviously you mentioned uh, you're, you're there following. Uh, you were following Jason Day for the first 36 holes. You'll be with him again uh, today. What have you seen from him? Because, you know, in the past, you know, maybe, say, year or so, or even more than that, it's sort of been a tale of two players. He's either really hot or he's sort of stiff and, and he's, he's hitting it into outer space and hitting foul balls. What have you seen from him so far? Uh, you know, I've seen uh, brilliant play with the exception of what's been nagging him basically for the last six months or so, uh, and maybe longer, but, but progressively worse in the last six months, is his iron play, which is bizarre. When you think of how great his iron play was, guys, when you know, he was at his peak, and he still hits that trajectory, you know, it's that Tiger Woods trajectory where when Tiger was in his prime, and, and really we've seen a little bit of Tiger from it in, in this version of this Tiger comeback, but a guy that can hit those long irons uh, higher than anybody else on tour. And Jason Day, you know, is one of those guys. He still has that, but, you know, he's been 188th this year on strokes gained approach to green. His iron play has been horrific. I've seen him hit some drives this week that are just crazy. 350-yard bombs down the middle. He's got sand wedge in his hand, and he misses the green. Or he's got sand wedge in his hand, and he's got 50 feet left for birdie. And, you know, hitting it 350 yards down the middle is, is great. But if you can't take advantage of it, it, it it's, it's kind of pointless. You might as well leave five iron in your head if you're going to miss greens. So that has been the Achilles heel for Jason Day over the last, you know, year. Uh, it's been the problem this week. It's really been the problem as to what has held him back from, you know, maybe not having a three-shot lead right now. Um, the good news is, is that it was cleaner yesterday than it was on the first day. And the better news is this is a hard golf course to hit greens. Everybody is missing greens, and it could come down to scrambling. His sand play is just brilliant. Um, He is putting so well inside 10 feet. He's 8 for 8 out of bunkers. I said on our wrap-up show uh, yesterday, I said he might as well have grown up on the beaches of Majorca splashing three irons with Seve Ballesteros. He's, he's that good out of the bunker. And it could, you know, it could come down to something that simple and that silly. I know it sounds crazy. You know, Some of our listeners are saying, like, you're trying to tell me his sand play is going to be the reason why he wins this thing? Uh, it, it could be that simple because if it comes down to a couple of missed greens, uh, in the stre- in the last little stretch on Sunday, and, and and he finds some bunkers. It could be that simple that he's the guy that gets up and down when other guys don't. So something to keep an eye on. Uh, yeah, first day two for two out of the bunkers yesterday. Six for six Oof. up and down out of the bunkers. Obviously tied for first in that category. So um, a pretty good performance so far. And then Philly Mick, you were you were also with a. Uh, Watching him a little bit, what did you see from Phil? He seems to, I mean, played decent, but sort of a quiet day yesterday. Yeah, day one was ridiculous, Bob. Day one was a roller coaster. You didn't know what you were going to get. Eagle, double. I saw, I saw him with a 43-foot part effort on four on Thursday, and then his fifth shot was from off the putting surface. So, <laughs> wow. you know, it was all over the map with Phil on Thursday. Thursday could have been super low. Uh, yesterday, uh, just never got it in the groove, uh, fought very hard to make it to the weekend, but it, it was really struggling with the five-footer. Settled down a little on the back nine, but on the front nine, you know, missed from five feet, five and a half, that range, several times, hard lip-outs. And, you know, when I always find you know, putting interesting, especially when you're struggling on short putts, 
And this is even the best players in the world. This is like one of the greatest players of all time. And, and, and you're not immune to it. When you're struggling with the putter, and I think Tiger could be in this, in this same wheelhouse right now, you start looking for break that isn't there. And you start looking for more movement in, in short putts. And Phil, same thing on the front nine yesterday, some five, five-and-a-half-foot putts that just lipped out really hard on the high side of the hole every time. And that, and that, to me, tells me that he's looking for more break than what's there, that maybe there's just a confidence factor uh, going on there, that maybe you know you need to keep that in the hole and just hit it with some authority. And when you're lacking confidence and your eye hasn't seen some putts go in, uh, that te- that's what tends to happen, and uh, that's what happened to Phil yesterday. But at the end of the day, if you're a Phil Mickelson fan, he stands up on the 18th tee, one of the most difficult closing holes in all of golf, the end of that green mile. He needs power to make it to the weekend in his mind, or at least solidify the weekend. And he pipes driver down the middle with a power fade, hits one in the 15 feet, just misses, taps it in, and walks away. So, you know, when the chips were down, he could find the fairway. And that's usually the Achilles heel. So that's good, a good sign for Phil moving forward, guys, into the summer and good sign moving into next week. He's a player's champion and moving into next week that, uh, you know, if he needs to find the fairway, he's going to do it. And Phil is always known uh, to be a, a little a little crazy, or especially around uh, the short game, having uh, having his caddy tend the, the flag from some unique spots we've seen in the past. We also saw Phil, he had a green side bunker shot yesterday, and he had his brother Tim, his caddy, take out the flag while he was in the bunker. Uh, Mark, would you, uh, would you do this yourself? I have done this. I have done this <laughs> Okay, I have done this in competition. I'll have to get Robert Arms uh, on, on, the, yes. on the show one day to tell the story. This this story was ridiculous. Um, I, we were playing a match. It's just a friendly match in the Toronto Hunt Club. And I went to drive a short par four, blocked it in the trees, sculled my chip across the green, and uh, it wasn't actually in a bunker. It was just beside a bunker, but it might as well have been in a grass bunker. I was so angry at myself. I was as I was walking by the green, I ripped the flag. I said, "This is going in," and I got and I knocked it in. <laughs> <laughs> the gentleman that we were playing against in the two-man competition had a heart attack two weeks later. So I, I said, I said, "Thank God he was okay." Because I said to him, "I go, I hope that had nothing to do with my chipping." Yeah. And he's healthy now, and he's he's. And he's good, but that was that's a true story, swear to God. But that was on the fourth hole yesterday mm-hmm. at the par three. But we saw some crazy stuff because if you fast forward to the tenth hole, that long par five, six hundred and eight yards, it, it almost happened again because Jason Day knocked his in for eagle. It must have been right. oh seventy, eighty feet. And then Mickelson uh, was thinking make. He saw Dago's in there. Mickelson's uh, thinking make from 70 feet. You know, playing a different sport, these guys. I don't know what they're thinking. I, I'd be shaking over a 90-foot bunker shot just saying, don't skull this thing over the green. That's such a difficult shot, and these guys are thinking make. But it's fun to watch, but it, it reminds you of how bad you actually are at this sport. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot here, Mark, uh, just as we kind of start to wrap up our segment with you is give me give me a name that's sort of a little bit further back in the pack and, and a guy who you think might have a chance to, you know, to make a move today. And it could, doesn't have to be that far back. It could be your Paul Casey, who I know you'll be watching today. But give me a name of some guy you think might be able to put, put a low one on the board today. I think Tyrrell Hatton could do something. Mm. I, I expected uh, maybe a little bit more... Uh, from him, um, 
I, I think he's a guy, we, you know, we always talk about, you know, leaving shots on the golf course, so to speak. I thought he left a few out there yesterday, and he's at, at two under par. He, he's just kind of quietly out there. And, you know, you're always looking for guys that are putting well, right? And he's 12th in strokes game putting. Um, and if he just can give himself a few more looks, I think that's a name that you know, might make a push today at two under par. Uh, the guy I still think is going to do well, and I, I, I think he, he might win because of that short game, is, is Jason Day. So if you're asking me to pick a, a winner right now, it would be Jason Day. But I think uh, T. Hatton at two under par and, uh, and maybe Ricky Fowler at one under because Ricky fought back yesterday and had a really solid day. We know Ricky's history on this golf course. He plays well here. He's a former champion here. I think uh, Ricky Fowler and, and Hatton might make a bit of an early move today. Uh, but watch out for J-Day. That short game's so good, I just don't think he has a, a, a big, a bad round in him. He might not have a great day, but I don't think he's got a 74 in him or a 75 in him or maybe even a 73 in him because that, that just short game is just so good right now. You know, he hasn't missed the putt guys inside five feet this week and the whole field is missing, uh, you know, five-footers above, above the hole. Uh, saw it all day yesterday, and, and uh, he's practically almost perfect inside 10 feet. He rolled uh, that nice 27-footer in there yesterday as well. <laughs> on 17. Yeah. But you watch, watch, watch how many times, guys, this guy knocks in eight-footers like everybody else is knocking in three-footers. That, that means a lot out here. Is, is he, have you seen him wince at all? Any back issues that you've seen? Nothing that I've seen, uh, you know, like I, to the point, Bob, where I actually wasn't even thinking about it. Uh, now, does that mean it's not there? Who knows? You know, backs are so squirrely, weird things. You just never know. Once you have back issues, you always have back issues, and you just never know. But I've seen nothing, and i got to tell you, the pop in the bat is ridiculous. Uh, between him and Rory playing back-to-back yesterday in groups, uh, Rory was in a group ahead of him, some of the drives and the places on the golf course where these two guys were hitting it off the tee, just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, you know, if Phil was hitting it long and, and, and Jason was 20 yards ahead of Phil all day long and Phil was swinging at it hard, it was, it was crazy. Uh, so it certainly is not affecting his, his, his back speed, I can tell you that. <laughs> That's, we should all be so gifted to be, have sore backs and be able to pop it like that. Mark, listen, have a great weekend. Uh, stay dry out there and drink lots of liquid. I hear it's kind of be a little bit warm and... Um, it should be a great finish, though. You got a, a, one of the more interesting leaderboards I've seen this year with all sorts of young guys, old guys, veterans, names we haven't seen. Charles Schwartzel's up there. Nick Watney hasn't been around for a while. Chucky Three Sticks is, uh, is in the mix. So uh, enjoy yourself down there, and we'll see you at the Players' Championship next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks for carrying the ball. Appreciate it. And I will see you, Bob, on the ground at the Players for our One Hour Golf Talk Canada page, uh, Players' Championship preview special looking forward to it looking forward to it too there is mark zucchino down there and uh enjoying himself and working hard as he always does when mm-hmm. we come back we're going to uh look a little bit at the players championship yeah. look ahead a two bit and uh, and also tell you about some more great stuff you can win Ooh. from golf talk canada that more when we come back after this this segment of golf talk canada presented by acura was brought to you by jpsm golf Canada's leading distributor of electric walking golf trolleys, including Cart Tech, Moto Caddy, and Stewart Golf Dream Machines. Visit jpsmgolf.com.
This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of Golf Talk Canada is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. It is Weeks and Scully in studio here for you on a Saturday morning. Talking some golf, and we are uh, in the middle of a good tournament. Are Wells, we ever? Wells Fargo Championship, which is one of the, how would I put this? It's one of the non-major World Golf Championship kind of events that gets a really good field. Players love playing this golf course. Well, especially, and, and, and since the redesign, you know, the, the course is just so different, you know, as of last year's PGA. Prior to that, it was just a completely different golf course. And now, you know, you're, you're seeing these uh, these scores that aren't all that low and seeing a nice bunched-up leaderboard as a result of a very tough golf course. And I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to, to watch the weekend, uh, especially the way Tiger was commenting on the greens. Just I'm not sure if he's just used to putting faster greens, but he was saying they look fast, but they're not as fast, like they're very springy. And, and that's also because some of the greens are new. Right. They're very firm, obviously. We've uh-huh. seen lots of balls bouncing. It's tough to get the ball close to the hole. Yeah. Uh, still, we've got some good scores. Peter Malnati is uh, seven under par. Aaron Wise is six under, along with Jason Day. Paul Casey, Charles Schwartzel are at five. Johnson Wagner, four. Uh, Sam Saunders, Kyle Stanley, Nick Watney, Charles Howell, uh, Emiliano Grillo, uh, Sam Burns all at three under par. So as you can see, they are bunched up there. Three Canadians, by the way, made the cut. Uh, Corey Connors and what am I? What did I say? Corey, it was Corey Connors and Adam Hadwin and Mackenzie Hughes. And for Mackenzie Hughes, that's a, a big one mm-hmm. because he has not been making a lot of cuts lately. So. Happy to see that for him, and they are um, actually they're all on the golf course as we speak. Yeah, and and Mackenzie Hughes had eleven FedEx Cup points coming into this week, so a, a big week for him. Uh, obviously, he, he's had some some uh, some changes off the course, becoming a father. It's 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 been a great year personally for him so far just you know in, in that facet of life but uh it, it's nice to see him uh, make a cut and hopefully he can grind out a good finish this week he's played 15 tournaments this year he's made the cut in just two of those so yeah. this is uh the third cut of the year for uh, Mackenzie hughes adam hadwin by the way is perfect 13 for 13 or he great consistency miss a cut yet this year so some good things to uh, come now those uh adam hadwin Mackenzie hughes We'll join Nick Taylor in the field next week at the Players' Championship, which is um, slated, as it always is, is uh, one of the premier events of the year. It is, I don't know if you've, I don't buy into this fifth major thing. There are four majors, and that's all mm-hmm. there are. There are four. It's mm-hmm. a great tournament, mm-hmm. probably the best field of the year. Um, but those Canadians are going to go out there and try and do what uh, Stephen Ames did yep. back in 2006. And and this is the last year the Players Championship is going to be in May as well. How do you how do you anticipate the tournament? Do you think it's going to be much different moving to March in terms of weather, in terms of wind? What do you think about, about that? Well, one of the reasons they moved it to May was because of the weather, because it was always a little bit wet. Now they've I mean redone the golf course yeah. totally since yeah. those days. Uh, I like I like it as a fit in March. I think it's uh, it's good. It, the only problem with going in March, we used to go down to the, the Players' Championship, TSN, yeah. all the time to get interviews that we would use for the Masters. So a lot of a talk, a lot of the focus on a tournament in March is always about the tournament that's going to be in April. So they may lose a little bit of focus in that respect. Mm-hmm. Um, they've built this tournament up, though, to a point where I think it can stand on its own. Yep. As I say, I don't buy into the fifth major kind of deal. I think it just should be a great tournament, and that's mm-hmm. all you have to worry about. But... Um, It'll be interesting to see how the new course reacts in what will likely be probably wetter 
weather than mm-hmm. they're getting right now in May. Yeah, for sure. And and uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, some of the changes they made last year. That 12th hole now it's drivable. It's it was a little controversial uh, at times. Uh, you you wonder, you know, if players playing for the second time or playing for the second year, you know, are they going to play it a little differently? Are they going to play it a little more aggressively? Are there, you know, some guys like Brooks Kepko is one of the longest guys on tour, laid up every day. That's right. You know, and, and he had five iron wedge and, and and played the hole pretty well. So if, you wonder that. That change was a little, um, I, I think some guys weren't the biggest fan of it, so we'll see how that uh, changes again this year. One of the names that's not on the start list that came out yesterday at 5 p.m. is uh, of Graham Dillette. Mm. And when I had spoken to Graham maybe about a month ago, five weeks ago, mm-hmm. he was targeting this tournament yeah. as his comeback uh, start. He is not going to play. I reached out to him. I didn't hear from him, but uh, I'm not quite sure what the deal is. But obviously he doesn't feel that he's ready yeah. yet. To, to tee it up. He loves this golf tournament. He loves to play, but it's it's getting more and more interesting. I don't know if that's the right word or not, to find out when we're going to see Graham Dillette again. Yeah, I, I remember in that interview that, that you did with him that we ran on Golf Talk that he said, uh, you, you know, he, he possibly could have played a month ago, but what's it to wait another month just to get a little healthier? So you think maybe he's getting closer, but, um, you know, as soon as, as he releases something that he's playing, we'll see. I, I know he released a tweet. Was it earlier this week when it's it, when he said that, you know the toughest part of this is just not being with the guys and that sort of thing and competing? So you really feel for the guy, but hopefully he's close. That was the cryptic tweet. I wasn't sure if he was sort of putting that out there because he said, "Oh, it's going to be great to get back and yeah. get in there," or if it was because I'm going to be missing it uh-huh. or how it went. But um, but obviously uh, he's not uh, not quite ready yet mm-hmm. to get back into action. And and I, I will give him credit because we know one guy who comes back a little bit too early when he comes back from back injury. So yeah. so uh, take some time, make sure you're ready, and don't come back until you have to. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's, absolutely that's it. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's take another break yeah. here, and when uh, we'll, we should remind you before we go to break, we should remind you that we do have a one hour player special yes. on Golf Talk Canada Television that is coming up. Uh, on Wednesday, Wednesday. Yep. and you're going to be hard at work putting that together because Mark and I are going to be taping it from oh, yeah. down there. Yeah, no, it'll be great though. And also, of course, anytime there we're talking Golf Talk Canada, we're talking 20 weeks of TaylorMade. Yep. We have a big prize this week. We're giving a M4 driver away. How about that M4 driver away? The mm-hmm. only way you can win that driver though, you have to sign up and like and subscribe to the YouTube channel Golf Talk Canada on YouTube. All it's very simple. Just go on there, hit the subscribe button, and you can win this M4 driver. You'll put your name in there for it. As well, you will put your name into the drum for the year-end prize, which is a complete tailor-made fitting experience as well as a Stewart X9 electric trolley. That prize altogether is worth thirteen million dollars. <laughs> Not quite that much, but it is, a, it is a huge prize. You're going to walk away with a whole set of tailor-made gear and the Stewart X9 electric trolley. Man, that is something else. All you have to do is go and subscribe. YouTube. One click. Go to YouTube. Put in Golf Talk Canada and click. You're there. And uh, and watch all the stuff that's on there. Of course. All right. When we come back, it's uh, time for a little bit of winners, weird, and what. That's next on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Golf Talk Canada. For blogs, show archives, video highlights, and TV schedule, visit us online at golftalkcanada.ca. We'll be right back with more GTC.
This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. It's Weeks and Scully in studio today. And, um, Adam, the the hockey season is uh, in full gear. We were talking about that just a moment ago in the break. Now, I was wondering if you thought that at any point during... A, uh, a golf match that a player, one player would lick another player. Yeah, you know, th- there's a certain someone on the uh, Boston Bruins uh, <laughs> who, uh, yeah, y- imagine if that, just imagine if that happened. Just, y- you see the Ryder Cup, John Rahm just licks Tiger Woods. <laughs> well, like, what, to, what would happen? <laughs> we had guys slapping each other, and they were on the same team True. last week. Yeah, we Kuchar saw some and, slaps. And Bubba, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that would, uh, that would certainly ruffle some feathers, that's, uh, that's for sure. Well, it's big, uh, big day. Raptors are going to try and hang on tonight. Yeah. They're in Cleveland to try and uh, get one on the board, and um, boy, there is uh, lots of golf going on. We've got European Tour with the Innovative Golf Sixes, which mm-hmm. I'll get to in a second. We've got Austin Connolly, by the way. We're going to hear yep. from him coming up in a few minutes here on the show, but first, right now, it is the moment that everyone waits for. All week long, it's time for Winners Weird and What? And Mr. Scully, you have the tea. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Well, Bob, my winner this week is Sam Burns. Uh, ah. Sam Burns had quite the year so far. He's currently T7 at the Wells Fargo uh, Championship. He had the lead for a brief time early yesterday uh, afternoon. Now, why is he my winner, you may ask? He is close to locking up his uh, full-time status. Uh, he needs 80 FedEx Cup points to secure special temporary status. That'll give him uh, unlimited sponsor ex- exemptions for the rest of the season. So for a relative unknown guy coming from the web.com, Tour uh, to play that he, the way that he has this year. He has a seventh, a twelfth, an eighth. Of course, he played with Tiger Woods uh, in uh, in the final round of the event earlier this year. He cracked some jokes with Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods even sought him out after and, and said hi to him at a, another uh, event. It's been quite a great year for Sam Burns. That's pretty cool. I think mm-hmm. uh, I think he's an interesting young guy, and he's uh, obviously got some chops. Does he ever? And I, I know there was a, there was a story when him and Tiger were walking off the first tee. Uh, of the final round um, of, uh, I believe it was the Honda Classic, um, uh, Sam Burns turned to Tiger and said, Hey, Tiger, do you believe there's all these people here just to watch me? <laughs> and Tiger looked at him and laughed, which is great. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean to, to have the stones to say that on, you know, on, on, with that yeah, kind of exactly. pressure, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, my weird this week uh, goes back to Tiger. Uh, after the first round uh, of, uh, of, this, of the Wells Fargo, he was asked, uh, what was the most playable setup so far or scorable setup so far this year on the tour, in his opinion? And he said Augusta National. Interesting. I read that comment, which I found really interesting. And then I, you know, I thought about it a little bit. You know, Riv was hard for the Genesis. No one went low at the Honda. Valspar was difficult. Uh, Tiger himself said the only guys, only guys really went low at Bay Hill was in the final round. So I guess because they play there every year, it was scorable in that sense, and they know the golf course. But there were some breezy days. Obviously, Tiger didn't play the way he wanted to. Uh, but just a really interesting comment to come from Tiger. I'm kind of I kind of looked at that and I thought through just like you just did, and I sort of said, 
you know, he's probably not far off mm -hmm. because there are, as you say, lots of eagle and birdie opportunities mm -hmm. at Augusta National. He just didn't make enough of them. He didn't make enough and didn't make enough putts. Uh, that's uh, that's for sure. Now, my what? Uh, we're always told to not slide into someone's direct messages, direct messages on Instagram, but. Sometimes it pays off for one couple. Uh, earlier uh, in the earlier this month, I should say, uh, a man by who he slid into Justin Thomas's DMs and said, "Hey, Justin, can you help me propose to my wife?" And Justin Thomas happened to be going through his Instagram DMs and said, "Sure, I'll do it." So he he got the PGA Tour involved, and so earlier this week in a practice round, uh, JT walked right up to the guy. And said, "Hey, man, how are you?" And and uh, and the guy's then girlfriend said, "What's going on here?" And so <laughs> JT said, "Hey, you know, good to see you. It's a great video online. Nice to see you." Uh, gave gave him a sign, gave him a ball, and the ball said, "Sorry." He gave him uh, a glove and gave the girlfriend a ball that said, "Will you?" And and the the girlfriend turned around and the the guy was on one knee and proposed. Isn't that nice? Right Aww. there. Right there. He's got a soft side. So so we see some unique ways to propose at sporting events. That's one of one that's pretty good so far. You know the sad part about that is when she said no, I just felt so bad yeah, for the guy. Yeah, no. yeah, you're so embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got, and it was it was a really it is really nice on social media. Yeah, so congratulations that. to Sean Powell and Andrea Coda. Uh, a, a very unique way to uh, to have a proposal and uh, JT good on you for for helping them out. Now Bob, the tea is yours. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! My winner this week is the European Tour, and once again, man, these guys know how to do some stuff. They have the shaking it up again. Uh, this is the second year of this event. This is the Golf Sixes, which is currently underway over at the Centurion Club in, uh, in St. Albans, and there are some really cool things going on. So this basically is two-player teams. They play six-hole matches against the opposition, and they move on to a knockout, knockout uh, stage, and eventually one team will be declared the champion. But this year, they've mixed things up even more. Now, normally, they have, it's, it's already an interesting event because they have 30-second uh, shot clocks. They have the walk-up music, which is done really well, as opposed to what happened last week in New Orleans. This one is really done well. It's got some really cool... Um, uh, smoke and they yeah, walk yeah. into a stage and everything. It's really done well. So this year they decided to add a few uh, two women's teams. One uh, the all England team and one the um, the European team. They also have a mixed team. They took the Solheim Cup captain Katrina Matthew and put her with uh, Thomas Bjorn, the Ryder Cup captain, and they're out playing. That's amazing. And uh, there's some really fun stuff that's going on. And and even it's even so fun that beef. Went to watch as a spectator. Beef. He's just walking around out there. He's been quiet lately. We haven't seen as many videos on social media of Beef squatting a lot. So no, good, good on Beef. That's right. That's right. Anyway, good for Beef. So my uh, weird this week, uh, uh -oh. you know how I like my uh -oh. weirds on the radio. Here we go. This, this one. Here we go. This one takes us also to uh, Birmingham, actually, ah. to England. And uh, this was a... a uh, Incident that happened on a golf course, and the police were called when they heard about something that was going on on this golf course. They got to the golf course, and they, had, they were told there's something going on out on the seventh hole. So they got into buggies, as they call them over there, golf carts, and they went out, and there was a full-on brawl going out between wow. two foursomes, basically because of slow play. Now, they were able to break it up. A slow play, a brawl broke out. 
And how ser- serious was it? Well, according to a Staffordshire police spokesperson, he said, bones had already been broken when we got there. So there was a full-out brawl. <laughs> Four men were arrested on suspicion of assault, but they have not yet been charged. And uh, the chief inspector of the uh, district said, I'm very proud of my officers. They used initiative, got to a, gone, gone to a fight outnumbered, and have resolved it, resulting in peace and order. It's a hole-in-one, I'd say. Wow, that's to, to you know to go that far. Slow play obviously is an issue in golf, but to have a four-on-four brawl with bones broken, with bones broken, just imagine you know just Ben Crane and Kevin Na and Patrick Cantlay just duking it out. That's right. That'd be unbelievable. This next one uh, takes us back to basketball, which I started this segment with a little talking about tonight's game between oh, the Cavs go. and the uh, and the Raptors, and it involves one of the Cavs, J.R. Smith, mm. who had a kind of an average season. He only averaged 8.6 points per game mm. during the regular season, but so far in the playoffs, he's up to 10.6, a 38.6% three-point percentage. So he's doing knocking him down from the, uh, from, from the arc. And the, he scored 20 points, by the way, on the, on the first, no, 20 and 15 in the first two games. And wow. they said, why are you playing so much better, JR? And he says, because I'm playing golf. So the weather <laughs> starts getting nice, the grass starts growing, I get to play golf. I get to take my mind off basketball wow. for a second and just remember why I'm here and just to have fun and take it back to when I was a little kid just dying to be in this position. So I don't know if he's kind of rubbing it into the, <laughs> the yeah. Raptors saying, hey, I'm just playing golf and I'm playing better. So maybe the Raptors should go and do that. Now you wonder where J.R. Smith is playing golf. Is it here in Toronto? I mean, it must be if he scored 20 and 15 in the first two games in Toronto. Maybe. maybe. Or maybe he just played a little bit back in Cleveland before maybe. he came here. Maybe. Maybe. He said uh, he's only had he's had some advice from uh, Justin Thomas, who told him just to hit him straight. That is some very new advice. Never heard that one before no, from JC. Exactly, wow, exactly. original. <laughs> now Kyle Lowry is also a big golf yep. fan, by the way. So yeah. let's see, maybe uh, maybe he and the boys went out and played uh, when they got to Cleveland yesterday. Yeah, we saw Kyle do some uh, pl- uh, some color with PJ Tour uh, live uh, right. when Tiger was playing earlier in the year. That was very cool. Very cool. Well, we'll see what the Raptors can put up tonight if they can stop this golf-mad J.R. Smith because he has been uh, knocking him down. Although there's another guy on the cab. I forget his name. He's yeah, pretty well. Yeah, LBJ something. LeBron, I think that's his name. <laughs> Lebronto. Uh, Lebronto. There is one note I want to add. Um, just speaking of... of uh, of, ath- of pro athletes and other sports playing golf. Uh, Tony Romo tried to qualify for the U.S. Open this week and failed. He did. He did. So there is that. Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine Tony, that. Tony, good try. All right. Well, when we come back, we're going to hear from some guys who do know how to play the game. We're yes. going to take a look at play some well. of the uh, tournaments that are going on around here. We'll hear some sound. We'll hear from Tiger Woods. We'll hear from Johnson Wagner. We'll discuss exactly what's going on at Quail Hollow. All that and more when we come back on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club, premier golf in a perfect natural setting close to home. Limited memberships are still available for 2018. Don't be shut out. Visit cedarbraygolf.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Bob Weeks along with producer Adam Scully in studio and um, Wells Fargo Championship mm-hmm. well underway. Adam Hadwin has started his third round in good stead. He is uh, birdie the first hole, so he's to one over par moving up 
in a jam-packed leaderboard here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey Connors and Mackenzie Hughes are both one over through their first uh, few holes, yep. so they've dropped back a little bit. But it's uh, it's not a course where there's been a lot of low numbers so far. No, that's for sure. And and uh, as as Mark was saying earlier in the show, uh, the greens are are giving a lot of players some uh, some issues. You know, we, we see Tiger as we're about to hear talking about just ha- getting used to the speeds. And as Mark was saying, if you're above the hole, downhill, down grain, it, it's hard just to stop putts and, and tough tough to make putts. You really have to lag them down there. So uh, it's it's a golf course where you got to put the the ball in the right spots. And on top of that, it's got one of the best finishes on tour as well. Players talking about how tough the greens are. They're firm, and it's tough to get the balls close to the hole. Mm-hmm. So there have not been a lot of, as we said, very low rounds. Tiger Woods, uh, not great on the greens, no. struggling on the putting. Yeah. Uh, still made the cut. We'll play the weekend. We'll see what it, we can do. And here is Tiger talking after his round yesterday. Tiger, we saw your reaction after making that birdie putt there at the <laughs> ninth. Did it take 36 holes to truly figure out the greens for you? No. You know, even, I'm on a hot streak right now. I made the last putt, so no, I, I've, I've struggled. I've struggled with the greens being as slow as they are, and um, I, today I'm trying to make sure I hit the putts harder, and I was kept pulling them. And I, my feels aren't just aren't matching up with the speed of these greens. And I got to do some more work. I've had ample time to make the adjustments to, to have to hit the putts this hit them that much harder, and I'm just struggling hitting them that hard. How satisfying, though, to make the cut, play the weekend in mm. Quail Hollow Club? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've hit it good enough to be right up next to that lead. Uh, if I just putt normal, I'm, I'm right there. Uh, I just, I'm hitting it fine, and I just need to make some putts, and hopefully this weekend I'll hit it the way I've been hitting it and get a hot, hot putter on the weekend. You never know. Best of luck on the weekend. Thank, Thank you. you. Interesting thing about that. We were talking this week on Golf Talk Canada about uh, his return after the Masters mm-hmm. and how poorly he drove the ball. It's just like you or I when we go out, right? One day you're great with the driver yeah. and terrible with the putter, and you think, okay, if I can only get the putter turned around, and then it just like goes the opposite way. Isn't it crazy, you know, to, to think that you know guys even like Tiger Woods can have can have stretches like he's had so far? And I'll I'll throw some stats at you, Bob. So Tiger entered this week making 75.4 percent of his putts inside from four to eight feet through two rounds this week. He's five for twelve. Wow, forty-two percent from four to eight feet. Yeah, so there's, there's just been some brutal. Yes, so, some really weird lipouts from really close. And as he was saying in that clip, he's pulling a lot of putts because he's trying to hit them too hard. So the speeds have, have really messed him up so far. Uh, and as, as we mentioned earlier, um, the greens, newer greens, can be springy. Um, but for whatever reason, his his speeds just aren't matching up to what uh, to what uh, he would think they'd be. And there's also one other thing I want to throw at you. Um, the first round uh, was the first time since the 2005, sorry, 2015 Memorial that Tiger missed multiple putts inside of five feet. Wow, that's so, a great stat. Obviously, he hasn't you know he hasn't played all that much golf since 2015. But for even for even for a you know PJ Tour player to miss two putts inside of five feet is pretty rare nowadays. <laughs> That's crazy. So it's just it's tough to get the ball in the hole. Uh, Johnson Wagner is in the hunt as well. He had an interesting round on day one. He did back to back eagles. You mm. don't see that very often. No. He hold his shot on the 14th hole and then made an eagle on the par five 15th. He shot a 67, came back with an even par 71, and our Mark Sacchino caught up to Johnson Wagner. 
Johnson, that is uh, an interesting back nine, but still a solid day. Before we get into the round today, uh, first important question, how did your son's baseball game go? Yeah, they ended up losing by one. I got there just for the bottom bottom half of the last inning. It was it was a, it was a barn burner. We had the we had the bags full and couldn't couldn't quite get that last run in to tie it, but it was a good game. Oh, that was partly for my fault because you spoke to us last night. So thank you for that. So uh, again, a roller coaster day, a little bit different than yesterday. What what kind of sparked that on the back nine? See, you know, kind of make one, give one back, back and forth. Yeah, I, I kind of hit it out of position on 11, was a little past the hole. It was just real fast and didn't hit a very good six-footer for par, but then made a couple really nice putts on 10 and 12, poor chip on uh, on 13, but then a great up and down on 14 for birdie. It's just the way this course goes. The wind's kind of all over the place, and I think you're going to see a lot of bogeys out there. It's just firm, fast. The greens are challenging, and you know I'm all in all happy with even par today. I was just going to say before we let you go, assuming the course is going to play like that, which I think we all agree, you must be happy with your position heading into the weekend. Absolutely. You know, near the lead, you know, playing late Saturday at my home tournament, I, I couldn't be happier. Thanks, Johnson. Good luck the rest of the way. Thank you. Appreciate it. It's, uh, it's not often you get to play a PJ Tour event on your home course. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and, and when guys have, they don't typically score all that well, which is maybe they put a little too much pressure on themselves. Maybe they can overthink things too much. Maybe there's there's just so many distractions going on off the golf course with family, with friends, with tickets, that sort of thing. Maybe uh, that's the reason why I decided not to go into the U.S. Open qualifier that, at my that home is, course, Weston, on Monday. Yeah, I think that is the number one reason uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Two. Yeah, but for Johnson Wagner, uh, his best finish this year is a T17, and I have a theory why that's the only that's been his best uh, finish this season. Let me let me Uh-oh. let me hear that theory. So that theory is he should grow back the mustache. <laughs> I knew you were going to yeah, say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he should grow the duster back. Uh, it was quite uh, it was quite a stash. Uh, quite a mo, if you will, and uh, he's not currently rocking that right now. And it was quite, uh, it was quite a very Tom Selleck. I like, I like Johnson Wagner. He's yeah. one of the really nice guys mm-hmm. out on the tour. There was a poll that came out. I'll try and find it in the break. Actually, there right. was a poll that came out that talked about the, I think it was the 25 nicest guys on the PGA Tour right. to deal with. Uh, Adam Hadwin was on he that was, list. Yeah. I can't remember if Johnson Wagner was on that list, but anytime I've had a chance to chat with him, it's always been a really good experience. Um, he is sitting right now in tied for seventh. He'll go off at 110 today alongside Kyle Stanley, who's another guy who I think is uh, due to kind of have a breakout. Yep. He is coached, by the way, by Canadian Ralph Bauer, who we've had on this yep. program uh, several times. Mm-hmm. So it'll be nice to see if Kyle can, um, can put something together and, and get that going. Mm-hmm. Uh, also down the list, uh, Nick Watney, who's kind of been MIA. There's a few yeah. of these guys, right, that you're sort of know, but are expecting them to maybe jump out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Cameron Tringali is another guy I put in that group. He's tied for 13th. And uh, as I mentioned off the top, Adam Hadwin is now through two holes. He is uh, one under par, and uh, Corey Connors mm-hmm. and Mac Hughes back at one over par for their rounds today, three over for the tournament. And, and one guy who, who is, uh, he's two under par right now is uh, Jason, uh, Jason Duffner, and he, he's had a decent year so far. Nothing spectacular, but he's, uh, he's been up there. Uh, he came second at, at Zurich last week uh, with, in the partner event, so maybe his game's starting to trend in the right direction. He uh, doesn't have a hat deal this year, so he's wearing the brands of different sports teams, which is kind of hilarious to see him with this almost like bling-bling hats, if you will. Like The logos are huge, uh, and they're certain, and they're bright. So. He, wore, he wore a Blue Jays hat, I think, he did? in one yeah. game, because he's good pals with Josh Donaldson. Yeah. I'm not quite sure how that arrangement all came you out. You wonder, yeah. But he actually, Jason Duffner actually flew up to Toronto at one point last year just to the day, just to come out and play golf <laughs> and watch a game. 
It wasn't like a tournament or anything. It wasn't the Canadian Open and, thing and going was on. He, was he in batting practice? Was that him as well? I think so, yeah. yeah batting yeah, practice, yeah. I remember yeah. that. Hmm. All right. When we come back, we're going to chat with uh, Austin Connolly, young man uh, who is the only Canadian playing on the European tour. And an interesting discussion that involves everything from uh, jet lag to the Great Wall of China. We'll hear from Austin Connolly after this. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Premier golf in a perfect natural setting close to home. Limited memberships are still available for 2018. Don't be shut out. Visit cedarbraygolf.com today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and new Tour 360. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Over in Europe, there is just a single solitary Canadian playing on that tour. He is uh, a young man by the name of Austin Conley. Stands about 5'8", weighs about 130 pounds. <laughs> He's a short, young guy, but he is determined, and he is making his way out there. I had a chance to chat with him this week about everything that it is like with life on the European tour. Join now on the line from London, beautiful London, where the weather is great, I just heard. Uh, this is Austin Conley. Austin, uh, uh, welcome, and um you're saying you're basking in the sunshine in London. That's not doesn't happen very often. Oh, it's beautiful here right now. It's uh, I, I just hope the weather is good for Wentworth in, in a couple of weeks. Really is uh, really is amazing here. So it's been a it's been a, uh, a it's a little different year for you this year. I know you got off to a bit of a slow start, but you've been making some cuts and uh, had a nice finish at uh, Trophy Hassan. Um, how how would you sum up your season so far? Honestly, you know this uh, this season has been pretty rough on me. I've uh, you know, I've been battling with some some sickness for for the majority of the season. Um, had the had the flu and some upper respiratory problems for about nine weeks that really kind of wiped out the first part of my season. Uh, so so it's nice to nice to be back feeling healthy and and uh, you know to be back flying competitively. I, I had to take about eight weeks off and uh, it's just really nice to be back and and. You know, it was nice to get myself back in, in contention at the trophy of song. It was really a, a fun week. How much easier, I know, despite the illness, but how much easier this year is it knowing that you're just going to have to play one tour, that you're just focused on the European tour? Oh, it's it's great to know, you know, where I'm playing and know, you know that I can plan my schedule and plan my flights ahead of time and, and just all of the little uh, headaches that go, uh, you know, go into not knowing where you're going to be week in, week out. And so I, uh, I'm definitely really, really happy to, to have my full card here this year and uh, looking forward to the rest of the season. You know, this time last year, I think I'd only played maybe two or three European Tour events, and, and it was just kind of getting started at this point. So it's, it's nice to, to know where I can play and, and know that I have a pathway forward. Yeah, and knowing, knowing that you've done kept your card and done all that uh, in that same period of time that you'll have, I guess, for the rest of this year. Um, this is a tour where you travel a lot. Certainly, <laughs> you're going to different courses. You're seeing different conditions. What's the difficulty level in trying to adapt every week to a, not only a new golf course but the new conditions in a new country? In most cases, you know, it's it's very challenging. The 
the hardest part for me is actually it's less with the changing golf courses and it's more in the changing time zones. Uh, I've really struggled a lot when when playing in Asia and and, and you know basically turning day into night. It, that's been very challenging for me, specifically in my afternoon rounds. Uh, I was actually going back at analyzing my uh, my European tour performances over the last week or so, and you know I've, I've played uh, I've played eight events in Asia. I've missed seven cuts. I've only made one cut in Asia, and we went through and figured out you know why is that? You know maybe maybe it's grass type, maybe it's um, you know it's hard to say. But the one one thing that we did figure out is that my afternoon scoring average in Asia is really not good. And so I need to figure out a better way to, uh, you know, I guess adapt, adapt and uh, give my body a better chance to get, you know, get uh, feeling normal. And, and I just have to learn myself and figure out the best, the best way to do that. And I can really only do that by, by practicing and, and putting myself in that position. It's it's amazing how many different areas you guys do play in. As I was saying before, when you go to these different countries, are is it all golf, or are you able to take in a little bit of the culture and the and, the, and play tourist for a little bit? You know, generally for me, it's it's all golf. I, I it can it can definitely be a challenge. You know, just flying twelve fourteen hours sometimes uh, in the early part of the season over here, and and it really takes a toll on your body. So I try to rest as much as I can when I'm not at the course. And you know, occasionally if we're in a place, you know, for example, in China last week, I went to the went to the Great Wall and uh, you know got to got to see a little bit of of China. But it's just uh, you know, it, it's it's all about golf, right? That's what uh, what we're there to do. So I'm just trying to give myself the best chance to to succeed. It's a it's a business trip. It's not a not a pleasure trip. <laughs> exactly. Um, you have never been noted noted to be a long driver. Obviously, you're you're down in the in the driving stats that's not the the uh the key part of your game but like a guy like jim furick or someone like that in an age of where we hear about the ball going too far and things is it do you find it still a a, a fun challenge to try and compete out there i mean i know you're a great long iron and, and and hybrid wood fairway wood player but do you find that part of the game actually almost fun in some respects you know i i think it, it definitely is is neat knowing that I can compete with guys who hit it so much further than I do. And I think that I just have to take a much more technical approach and I have to really just, you know, bear down and focus on my own game and figure out the best way for me to attack the golf course. And a lot of times it's not knocking on par fives and two and two putting for birdie, you know, like some of these guys out here. But it, it you know, there's certain golf courses where uh, it, it can almost be helpful to, to be a little bit shorter in length and, uh, and especially if, if you know you if you're driving it straight, uh, Trophy Hassan, for example, was a even though the golf course is very long, it was very important to be in the fairway and and in good position. And so the guys that did well there were the ones who who really drove it straight and you know basically kept it between the bushes. I know uh, I remember Lee Trevino once said the uh, the woods are full of long ball hitters, so. There is some advantage to being shorter and on the fairway, I'm sure, in a lot of places. <laughs> Absolutely, there can be. <laughs> uh, I asked this to the Canadian players yeah. who are on the PGA Tour all the time. It's, uh, that They always say that there's not a week that goes by, no matter where they're playing, that they don't hear from or see a, a Canadian fan in the gallery. Is that the same thing for you? No matter where you're going all over the world, do you see Canadian fans cheering you on? It is amazing. Uh, almost everywhere I go, there's 
somebody draped the Canadian flag, somebody who comes up in, in Canada gear. Uh, <laughs> last week or two weeks ago in Morocco, we uh, uh, some of the people from the Canadian embassy came out and followed me, which was really cool. And wow. one of the guys had his, uh, you know, many uh, uh, many Winnipeg Jets hockey stick, and it was <laughs> awesome. It's, it's really the Canadian fans are amazing. Uh, it sounds like you're having a ball playing over there. I know uh, it's a rough start with the illness and everything you said, but is it is it? Are you just content to stay and play over there now, or what? Do you have any long-term goal, goals, or are you just worried about this year? You know, it's I'm going to take everything as it comes. I, I do have a long-term plan, and there are a couple of different routes that I can take, a couple of different ways that I can accomplish my goals. Uh, ultimately, I would like to have a PGA Tour card and maintain my European tour card over here. Uh, I mean, some of these events that that we have on the European tour, I mean, especially with this Rolex series going on, are just amazing. Uh, You know, the the Alfred Dunhill is a non-Rolex series event that I'm at. I just love to play every year. I mean, it's such a neat atmosphere. And uh, just there's just so many really well-run, great events on on spectacular venues. And so definitely happy being here. Obviously, the, the PGA Tour is is certainly um, certainly a goal of mine. I, I want I want to play out there and and spend a lot of time. You know, it's it certainly is much easier to travel around and and obviously the money is better. So there's uh, definitely some incentives to get back there. But you know, I'm I'm very happy with where I am right now and I'm comfortable with my uh, with my pathway um, pathway forward. Good. Well, we'll we'll wish you best health and. Uh... And continued success out there, and uh, hopefully we'll see you over at the Open Championship. Thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. And there is Austin Connolly, who is not playing this week, which is one of the things he told me after we did that interview. He said he was disappointed that there's not another Canadian on the European Tour because they could have teamed up and been Team Canada at the Golf Sixes, which is underway as we speak. Yeah, it would have been a pretty cool thing to, to see him uh, play in that event, especially, you know, with the format. Because it's such a cool, it's so good for golf to have something different. We saw last week at the Zurich Classic, the walk-up music, it, it looked, it worked okay, I think. But the Golf Sixes, it's something different. There's there's smoke, There, it's six whole matches. It look, it feels like you're in a stadium. There's like a stage where they come out on, you know, they, they kind of have a grandeur to the event. Whereas yeah. last week, I thought in Zurich, it was just kind of like two guys awkwardly standing there while music played. Yeah. A couple of guys got into it. With but, Alex Shaka and Ben Crane doing yeah, the, doing the exactly. head, head bob. Yeah. Uh, the other interesting thing that Austin told me afterwards was that with his with his full European tour card, last year, remember, he was split between the Challenge Tour and the European Tour, and he was mm-hmm. using his starts on the European Tour to eventually gain his full card. He is going to try and play the RBC Canadian Open. He's written for an exemption, and I think that would be a pretty much of a slam dunk. I would, I would hope, hope so. that he would he would be able to get into that. So look for him at uh, Glen Abbey this year. And when you see him, you'll be amazed at at the stature of him, but how well he can wield those long irons. It is just unbelievable how well he hits three irons, two irons, hybrids. It was so much fun to watch him uh, last year in the Open Championship. You know, have a chance really coming out of nowhere. People here, especially here in Canada, it's who's this Austin Connolly guy? And and here he is, especially, you know, that Saturday you hold out a long iron shot on, on a, I believe it was a second hole. Uh, it, it's great for golf to have a Canadian doing well overseas as well. Just, it's good for, you know, the, the everyday player in Canada to think, oh, wow, there's someone out there doing well in Europe. So It's, it's an expensive tour to play, I will is, say that. And, and one of the things, one of the other things he talked to me about was was dealing with the jet lag and how to, mm-hmm. how to overcome it. And one of the things he said was that some players will actually um, book first-class tickets no matter how much it costs. And mm-hmm. he said, you know, it can be outrageously expensive if you're flying 
London to, to Beijing. Right. So those things are, are not easy. And it is, as I say, it's an expensive tour to go over to try and qualify to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a young Canadian guy, let's say, trying to, to make it, it's a lot easier to tr- save your bucks and play on the Canadian tour, let's a- say. Absolutely. And it, it'd be great, uh, as you said, to see, you know, the, the fans that at, the, at Glen Abbey to see this guy up close in person because, as you said, he really isn't that big of a guy. All right, when we come back, we're going to wrap up this edition of Golf Talk Canada. We're going to talk, uh, look at the leaderboards around, see what's going on at the Golf Sixes, see if anyone's been penalized for uh, going over on the shot clock that walks around. (laughs) We will also discuss uh, a new driver that Mr. Scully has, and he's going to give it a, a whirl this morning. In, in two hours and 16 minutes. <laughs> okay. Not that I'm counting or anything. <laughs> well, you had it all tested, I know, in, it, uh, in yeah. the simulator. It should be yeah. working. So oh, yeah. hopefully you'll be able to work it on the, on the real grass when we get out there. That and some more when we come back here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Adidas Golf and new Tour 360. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. This segment of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura, is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, wrapping up another edition here on a lovely Saturday in the GTA. I hope wherever you are, the wind has died down. <laughs> the uh, trees have been cleared. Yeah. The power is back on. It's been, uh, it's been a pretty rough uh, Unbelievable. day, pretty rough start for the day here. I'm sure a lot of golf courses spent uh, some time cleaning up yeah, cl- cleaning up and just how much rain we got as well, you know, into Thursday night and then yesterday at different times across the city, it was an absolute downpour. Yeah, it was crazy, 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 crazy. Uh, there is some golf being played in other parts of the world, and uh, we're going to have a quick look at that right now, starting with you, Mr. Scully. Yes, the Wells Fargo Championship on the PGA Tour. Peter, Peter Malnati, a one-shot lead over Aaron Wise, Jason Day, Paul Casey also up there. Uh, just so you know, Tiger Woods has just teed off, and he hit a 331-yard tee shot into the fairway bunker on one. Wow. Going, going crazy. Uh, LPGA Tour is playing, finally. They are having a tough time getting this uh, tournament underway. It's the Volunteers of America Open, and it is a... I don't even know if this is live or what's going on here. It's been so confusing. But right now, Sung Hyun Park is uh, leading. She's at six under par. Jenny Shin at four, as well as uh, Se Young Kim. Jane Park is at three under with a whole gaggle of players out there. Brittany Marchand is actually the low Canadian right now. She is even through 12. Um, that's because I think <laughs> the rest of them haven't teed off. Uh, Modemi LeBlanc is still waiting to tee off. Lori Kane shot a 9 over 90 in her first round. She actually got finished. And uh, Brooke Henderson is going to tee off at 10.14 a.m. Wow. So uh, Elena Sharp at 10.47. AC Tange at 11.09. So there's uh, a lot of golf to be played. This has been cut down just to 36 holes. Yeah, that's for sure. Now let's move on to the uh, PGA Tour Champions, the Insperity Invitational. 
Surprise, surprise. Bernhard Langer, your leader after one round, a sparkling 9-under 63, a three-shot lead over Scott Dunlap. Jeff Maggard as well. Stephen Ames uh, at three over after one round. So the golf sixes is happening oh, over yes. at uh, on the European Tour, and it's kind of tough to tell you exactly what's happened here, but the English... There, there's two teams of women. There's a European tour, women or European women and English women. There's a mixed team. The mixed team of uh, the t- uh, the two uh, captains, Ryder Cup captain Thomas Bjorn and Solheim Cup captain Katrina Matthew, have lost. They are out. Uh, there are four groups of four. The top two in each move on. The English women, I believe, have advanced. They have. Uh, I'm, I'm still trying to figure this out exactly <laughs> what's going on. Just go and watch it. It's really fun. Yeah. They have the shot clock going on. So far, there have been no penalties given out to the shot clocks. Um, so that's pretty good. They have 30 seconds to hit every shot, which I think this should be something on every tournament now. Yeah, just, just something different to you know spice up the game every now and again. Just- Jason Day would shoot 100. He would shoot 100. Pat, Patrick Cantley wouldn't finish. He, That's right. Yeah. Ben Crane, you know, it, it would be it would be a something, uh, something definitely to see on the PGA Tour. Just a quick update. Tiger Woods has 26 feet, 8 inches for birdie on one. There you go. Uh, looking at that leaderboard, we were chatting a little bit about it earlier on the uh, PGA Tour leaderboard, and, mm-hmm. and we noticed mm-hmm. the name uh, Char, uh, Charles Howell III. Yes. And I was pointing out to you how he has – you asked me, actually, how many wins he had. I said he's got two in his career <laughs> – Two wins, and he is the 21st person on the list. 21st ranked in the all-time career money-leading list with $34 million. Isn't that just unbelievable? $34 million on on that list. And that's, uh, I mean, he's done a lot of top tens, a lot yeah. of good finishes, made a lot of cuts, obviously. Mm-hmm. But but a guy with two wins is is amazing. Uh, you go down the list on that, it's interesting to look at that career money list. Mike Weir is still 35th. Mm-hmm. He, uh, mm-hmm. 27.9. We're not sure when we're going to see Mike again. But his birthday is next week, May 12th. May 12th. So he'll Week today. turn 48 on May 12th, a couple years away from that. And even if you go down further, 75th still, 74th, excuse me, Stephen Ames with just shy of $20 million. Of course, the leader is one Eldrick, Eldrick. Tiger Woods with $111 million. Uh, Mr. Scully, you have yeah. a new driver that you're going to take out and demo today. Yeah. Not your demo, you're going to use it. You it's know, yours. It's, I'm, not, I'm not excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm so pumped up to use this thing. Uh, M4, totally, uh, totally, uh, totally fitted, uh, as we mentioned last week. It arrived at my doorstep uh, yesterday. Uh, I'm going to use it uh, now in two hours and six minutes. <laughs> I will say my dad also got, got fit uh, from TaylorMade. Thanks, uh, Nick, for setting that up. And uh, he got his driver a little early. Did he go M4 or M3? He went M4 as well. Okay. And so he was playing yesterday, and he, he said his first tee shot, he's not usually one to text on the golf course, but he sent me a text after that first tee shot saying, boom, I outdrove my playing partners by 30 yards. 30? 30. 30. Wow. And and my, my dad has that you know hockey player sort of build. So yeah. He played hockey, but thirty yards. He was saying he was hitting at two eighty to three hundred. So, you know, there is some truth in this technology. I think yes. I'm, I'm looking forward to hitting it. I've got uh, I've got yes. one here. I only hit the M4 when I was testing down in Carlsbad right. before right. Christmas when they kind of gave us a sneak preview of it. Yeah. So I haven't hit. I've got an M3 here. I'm going to test that. I got a few drivers. I got to test <laughs> yeah. out over the next little while. If I ever get to playing golf, I, yeah, and I'm looking forward to hearing once you actually get to play golf <laughs> what you think of the driver and what you think of, especially what I was, what I'm most excited about is 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 what is what they're promoting the mishits. 
Yeah, when you miss hit it high on the toe, high on the toe, low on the heel, where's it gonna go? And so I'm looking forward to hopefully hitting some more fairways with this beast, and uh, I will report back next week for sure. Well, we'll be off to the Players Championship, and we have a one-hour preview yes. show coming up on Wednesday and post-game show the following week, and too. a post-game one-hour post-game yep. show. Mark Sacchino and I will both be on location at the TPC Sawgrass, which is a um, iconic kind of golf course. Mm-hmm. I think everybody knows it mm-hmm. for that one particular hole, yep. which is the 17th Island Green. Did you know? A hundred thousand golf balls a year go into that water. That's what they that's what they estimate. They have a guy who comes in and cleans it all out. That's unbelievable to think that many golf balls. Now, are you guys gonna do the show live in scuba gear underwater? Yeah, yeah we should. Yeah. We actually last year I was there and Mark was here and we did it on the uh, I did it on the eighteenth hole looking back towards right, the clubhouse. That, yep. Uh so I think that's probably where we're going because it, you get to the seventeenth and even at Nine thirty in the packed, morning. Yeah. There can be a few rowdies yeah. out there. Oh yeah, oh, you guys yeah. would get crazy. It's a crazy yeah. hole. It's turning into what's uh, waste management. Sixteen. Absolutely. And and on the show, we'll be looking at some. We'll be looking ahead to this week and some at some past moments as well, like Tiger Woods, that better than most. But we'll he, we'll see Stephen Ames win in two thousand six, and it'll be it'll be a very busy show for I sure. I will I will tell you that that's Stephen. Ames. I was there for that one, and mm-hmm. Stephen Ames' round, the final round, was the best display of golf that I have ever seen in my career by one wow. player. He con- absolutely controlled the golf ball. And if you look at the field that he beat that year, uh, it was pretty remarkable. It's always a remarkable field to there anyway. It was but, better than most. Uh, don't forget to go to YouTube. Go to the Golf Talk Canada YouTube page and hit subscribe, and you could win a full tailor-made club-fitting experience as well as a Stewart X9 electric trolley. This week, we're giving away an M4 driver, so go on there. It's very easy to do. YouTube, and then look up Golf Talk Canada, and then hit subscribe, and you could be a winner. That's all you got. That's it for this week. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. We will uh, be back on Golf Talk Canada television, as we just mentioned this week, with our one-hour Players' Championship review, and then again next week with some more players' content on Golf Talk Canada Radio. Hit it long and straight, everybody. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Golf Talk Canada. For blogs, show archives, video highlights, and TV schedule, visit us online at GolfTalkCanada.ca.